important, freeing, proud. Those are the words I would use to describe today's episode. This topic is so important because I've met so many people who struggle with food, weight, body image, health, energy, all that kind of stuff. You are so not alone if that is you. I say this is freeing because whether this is your struggle or not, this episode is all about finding that area of your life where you are feeling like a failure and talking about how we can replace that shame with legitimate and deep freedom. And proud is my third word because I am so proud of my co-host Candace. You're going to hear a story that was really hard for her to put into words. But once she did, whoa, watch out. I have no doubt it's going to bring encouragement, a new conversation, and a journey to freedom for so many people. If you've listened to any other episodes of the non-exclusive podcast, you know how amazing Candace is. She's a woman of strong faith, joy, confidence, and has incredible taste in fashion, decorating, and coffee. It's all totally true. That's why I'm excited that you get to see a little more of her vulnerable side today. Her honesty and desire to encourage growth in love, truth, and freedom is one of the coolest things about her. Confidence and vulnerability about our weaknesses go together beautifully. In this episode, we have tons of fun, and we also go deep. I think you're going to love it. This is the non-exclusive podcast. Stories that remind you you're not the only one. Hosted by Rebe and Candice. Here's Candice's story. If you know me or have listened to this podcast, you know I'm a huge advocate for sharing your story, being open with God and your community about your struggles, and taking care of yourself mentally and spiritually so you can walk in confidence. There are a lot of places in my life that I've been able to do this well. There are a lot of places that I've brought before God, a lot of ways He's used me, and a lot of times I've been proud to be who God created me to be. But there is this one thing. This one thing that a few months ago, I would not have been okay to talk to you about, or anyone. This is the hardest thing for me to talk about. So, because it's hard, I need to talk about it. I have always been, let me think, what's a good word for this? Chubby, round, curvy, heavy, fat. Just saying that last word makes my heart hurt so bad. Because for years, I have tried to become exactly the opposite of that. But I failed over and over again. The first time I remember noticing that I was bigger was around five or six. I was having a play date with two of my friends. And one of them mentioned that she and my other friend could both fit in my pants. She didn't know what she was saying. She was five. But I remember keeping it together, even at five, until my friends left and then running to my mom in tears. Why was I like this? Unfortunately, that was not the only time I heard mean things. There was mean boys in junior high who loved to make comments. I would, of course, just ignore them and pretend I was fine. I wasn't fine. I think I was in sixth grade when I went on my first diet. It worked for a bit. I lost maybe eight pounds. But what sixth grader wants to count points at the lunch table or at a sleepover? Fast forward to high school when people weren't so in your face with mean remarks, but instead gave you comments like, 
oh my gosh, I'm like so flat. I have no curves at all. You're lucky, Candace. At least your fat gives you curves. They probably meant it as a compliment, but what do you say to that? Or just hearing so many of my friends complain about their weight or how fat they were. I, of course, wanted to tell them, of course you aren't. You're beautiful. All the while, I'm twice as big as they are and have ever been constantly dieting. That killed me. If you think you're fat, what does that make me? I remember seeing an episode of Full House. Do you remember the one where DJ thinks she's fat? She starves herself while working out really hard. She ends up fainting at the gym. And of course, Uncle Jesse, Danny, and the whole family are like rooting her on and like telling her truth, like, you're beautiful. I really related to that because I also have this incredible family who supports me and will do everything to help me. But unlike DJ, whose problems all were solved in a half an hour, and we know like starving yourself is not the right answer, and we can watch that on TV, 16-year-old Candace, uh, I didn't really get that. So, of course, I think maybe starving myself is the answer. And, well, when that's not working, maybe bulimia is the answer. But I couldn't really ever stomach that. But at that point, all I did was hate myself. On the outside, everyone thought I was fine. Candace is confident, kind, and such a good friend. Oh, yes, my personal favorite. Candace, you have the best smile. That's great and all, but all I heard was the only good thing about you is your smile. The rest of you, you should be ashamed of. That is what I really thought. Looking back, I can see a lot of the lies that Satan tricked me into believing. A big one was, I couldn't understand why people would want to be my friend. I was constantly waiting for the moment my friends left because they were ashamed to be seen with me. I know this is really harsh, right? But that's what Satan told me. Friend, notice these lies. Don't believe them. That's why I'm talking about this today. I still struggle combating these falsehoods in my mind, but I am also encouraged to say that God didn't leave me in the same place I found myself in high school. A huge turning point for me was, well, leaving the country. I moved to Northern Ireland for a ministry school with YWAM. God is so good because for the first time, that I noticed. He pursued mending my heart and my mind. He put incredible people around me who truly loved me, who literally didn't let me speak badly about myself or even roll my eyes at a compliment. They spoke truth into my life. Truth that was the first step in recognizing Satan's lies. I will forever be grateful for that time. At one point, I remember a leader asking me to tell her three good things about myself and three bad things. I rattled off who knows how many bad things, because that's way easier. But I couldn't say a single good thing, except people tell me I have a nice smile. Thankfully, by the end of my three years in Northern Ireland, I could say a few more good things about myself. But I clearly remember going home to my friends and family and feeling like, I'd wasted the perfect opportunity to lose all the weight and come back beautiful. I had failed. Did God forget about me? After coming home from Ireland, I had more confidence in who God had created me to be, but I'd shut down if anyone tried to talk to me about weight loss. 
I would just fail again. What was the point of disappointing others when it didn't work? That was what I found myself thinking. So I go it alone. And by alone, I mean completely alone. No God. Because I did this to myself. And he has more important things to deal with, right? I was, and still am, so ashamed that after 32 years, I still can't figure this out. As each year goes by, other fears also come in. I don't want to get diabetes or even die because I'm carrying around all of this weight that I should have already lost. Or even though I am confident in saying that I will be a great wife in so many ways that God has equipped me with. In my mind, the main reason, and I'm saying the main and probably only reason in my mind that I am still single is because no man would ever think that I'm beautiful, let alone want to marry me. I don't know exactly when I shut God out of my heart and my mind when it came to my weight, but I did. It probably started as anger. Anger because when my siblings all grew out of their quote-unquote chubby phase, I never did. But a wall I built, taller and wider, until my weight was something I never talk about, ever. Until I moved to Nashville. I can't tell you why. I'm starting to think it was the Holy Spirit. I mean, that's kind of what got me to move across the country, step out of my comfort zone and all that stuff in the first place. But I started to talk about my struggle with Rebe. Just small comments or thoughts at first until she, the amazing friend she is, encouraged me to connect with her then soon to be husband because he had struggled as well and might have some pointers if I wanted. So I talked to him and Rebe cried a lot and shared my story then one day i was telling them that i was struggling with feeling motivated to wake up and work out john asked me when was the last time you asked god to help you with this okay hold on let me tell you something about this i was shocked i stopped watching the show that we were also watching everything i thought i have never done this in my life i don't think i've ever talked to god about this so that's what i said Honestly, I never talked to him about this at all. He just looked at me and said, maybe you should. That's when I noticed God was doing something new in my life. That even if I was, quote unquote, fine doing this without him, he wasn't. Why do I think I have to go at this alone? Because to me... It's the biggest place of shame. It's the place that I continually fail. I fail myself, I fail my family, my friends. I should have figured this out. I should have already found a way to lose this weight. This is my thing. I'll be honest with you, I still believe these lies. I still catch myself making decisions based on them or spending way too much time sitting in these hurts. But. That is exactly why I'm so hopeful. I'm seeing the lies. I'm recognizing that they are ideas that I need to replace with truth. In being honest with myself about my past hurts and fears, I am now seeing a future where I can step beyond them. And like I said, although I am far from perfect, I've seen God work and transform so many other parts of my life. I've shared struggles with friends, 
I've filled up my life with scripture. I've brought so many parts of my life to God and asked for his help. I've seen how God can take something so hard and painful and make it beautiful. It's crazy because he has equipped me with everything I need to work through this and come out the other side free. I am definitely not on the other side, but something is happening. That's why I was compelled to share this with you today, not only for my own healing and growth, but so that you can be reminded that God isn't done with you. Even the darkest parts of you that you've given up on or you're too embarrassed to talk to God about. It's going to be a process. Trust me, I know I'm in the middle of it, but freedom and beauty is in store for you. Will you work on this with me? Let's give up on being perfect and focus on being free. This is a pretty big conversation. Not only do we all have that thing we feel defeated by, but so many of us could use some guidance on how to approach our relationship with food, body image, and how it intersects with our personal relationship with God. I mean, we got questions. So we asked our friend Callie Blunt to be on this episode. You're going to love her. Callie is a food stylist, food blogger, and YouTuber based in Nashville, Tennessee. She's obviously around food a lot, but her relationship with food hasn't always been great. Her story has led her to a very unique and important perspective on how our view of food can have a major impact on us both physically and spiritually. Whether you struggle with food and body image or not, I can promise you, you'll walk away from this conversation with a deeper understanding of what freedom truly looks like in all areas of life and get some really good food for thought. Yes, that pun was kind of intended, but seriously, I've been thinking about Callie's conversation with us a lot ever since we recorded it. Meet Callie and hear the conversation right after this. Three things you need to know about the non-exclusive podcast. One, this is the season finale. Yes, season one is coming to a close, but don't you worry, season two is going to be launching in August. So if you're not already, subscribe to this podcast. You'll be notified when we release a new episode, and it's one of the best ways to support the podcast if you like what you hear. Two, Candace and I are going to keep the conversation going on Instagram and Facebook at non-exclusive podcast all summer. That brings us to three. We really do love hearing what you think, whether it's just something you really liked and related to or something that made you laugh or something you wish we would talk about. Maybe there's a story that we need to hear. You can always comment or message us. We love getting those seriously. Thank you so much for making season one awesome. Without further ado, here's Callie. So I work um, right now as a food stylist. So I go on shoots and I make food look good for video shoots or photo shoots, magazines, editorial stuff. And so I have been around food for consistently for five years now. Before I worked in food and food media, um, I worked at a church. So my background is actually in ministry. So by the time I left the church I was working for, I worked for a church in Birmingham. 
I was the art director, but on the side, I had started a food blog because I'd always loved food and and being raised in the South. I have a very Southern mama with a very Southern opinion on food. (laughs) She's just basically like her whole outlook on life was, well, you got to eat. So come on over. So we would just, I mean, she'll tell you if she was on this podcast, she is saucy. I love my mama, but she would be like, you know, we built our home for hospitality. We built our home for food. So what my mom modeled for me was loving people with food. It was just the thing we did. It was how we lived. You know, it was like, so growing up, that was always my mindset. It kind of brought me into adulthood. Like, you know, it was always what I did. Like my girlfriends would break up with whoever, or like somebody have a crisis. Like I didn't know I was not a counselor. I was not like equipped. I just felt like I can just make you something. So I'd bring people loaves of bread or cookies or whatever. And through that started my blog, Love Cooks. And at the time thinking like I'd seen the pioneer woman, I'd seen Smitten Kitchen, who I'm obsessed with still. And, um, was like, this is great. Like they're so cool. I can be cool like them really selfishly doing this, like really thinking like, well, love cooks, smelling an LUV love, like Southern love is like super cool. And like, I'm going to be a big rock star and like, watch out. And, <laughs> but through it, the more I wrote and the more I posted, I realized like, there's something about this love behind food business. There's something about expressing love to someone else through food. Like, I really believe food is a love language. And I know Gary Chapman might disagree. And if you have him on the podcast, you know, one day we will debate. But (laughs) it's like an act of service. It's like your way to invite somebody to your table. Relationship happens around a table. Like if you think about your fondest memories as a kid or with your girlfriends or with y'all drinking wine with Katie, like it involves food. Like he tells us to be salt. Salt makes food taste better. Like when you call your child salt, like at first you think about that. You're like, that's kind of weird to call somebody a food, but it's relevant. Like, because I believe Jesus believes in us to the point where he's inviting us to a table to have a relationship with him. Food is healing. Food is real. Food is important. Right out of college, I went through a really, really stressful time in my life and I was working in ministry. I was overwhelmed. I was trying to do my blog. I was in this really bad relationship. Um, And I started to like not take care of myself anymore. I went through a season where I was like, I mean, you can even see it on my blog. Like the recipes are all like, you know, chocolate trail mix number two, you know, like all of it (laughs) is like super, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I don't want to like, that's not, I'm not judging that just saying like I wasn't caring for myself and what I thought I needed to do was to perform for the Lord so I thought that if I could eat Skittles as a meal or like Doritos and a hot dog and but keep on going like so if the meal took like five minutes then I'm producing for the Lord and God doesn't care about what I'm eating I just need to go be like a super Christian wonder woman and my my health really started to decline I felt like I was sleepy all the time. I felt like um, I was anxious. Like I just, I lost my period. Like it was not good. And so through that process, I actually started to see a counselor. It wasn't for the food. It was more for my overall well-being. And he was like, girlfriend, you got some mild depression stuff going on. Like, let's reframe this. Let's, let's talk through this. And through counseling, started to learn about what I mentioned to you guys, which is like renewing your mind with scripture, like declaring stuff over yourself, choosing to think about things that are good and right and true and all that stuff. And through that is where the food love connection started being birthed because I started thinking about my blog more in terms of this isn't something that I'm just producing for God. It's actually something that's a creative expression of my heart. 
And so what does that look like? And how can I keep this kind of pure? And like, what does this mean to me going more deeply emotional with myself and then realizing, oh, wow, there's a food emotion connection with me. There's I feel like I'm I'm my purpose. My destiny is in food media. Why is that? What does God have to say about that? And so, yeah, so this process like has been years in the making. You know, I would say I've probably been on a very intentional process with it for the past three years. And I feel like now I'm really I'm walking in the fruit of it. But another huge part of of this with health and with asking God was my husband, because when I met my husband, he will tell you like he is a super crunchy granola dude. Like he loves like all the healthy stuff. And when we first started dating, I was like, that is disgusting. Like I'm not eating like quinoa chia pudding. That looks like snot. But I would take a bite and I would be like, okay. And then I felt, but it was like weird. It was like when I would try it, I felt like, oh, well, that's kind of good. I mean, maybe. And so then I would start to be like, when I would eat with him, it was always super crunchy, healthy. And um, it was it was good. And I was like, okay, well, I kind of like some of this stuff. And so through dating him and also, I just feel like God healed so much of my heart through my husband. And I know we're, we, we want to be careful to say that like healing doesn't come from a human being. But just his whole mindset around food was so healthy. He's like, you need to eat more, cow. Like, you're not eating enough. Like, Skittles and Doritos is not a meal. Like, what have you ever eaten a vegetable in your life? Like, have you eaten one today? And I was like, no, but maybe I should. And it wasn't ever like he was telling me what to eat. It was just like a, I saw him flourishing and I saw him like working out, going to the gym and doing all this stuff that I didn't have the energy to do. And I was like, okay, there's something to this. So through that and him loving me so unconditionally was a huge game changer. That's really cool. So good. Yeah. He just showed so much of the love of the Father to me. Mm-hmm. So much of like that perfection, that performance is not what God was wanting. You know, growing up in the South, like I feel like food was always this thing where it was like, it's always a reward. You know, it's always like, uh, like, okay, church was great, go eat some fried chicken. And there's something to that. I think food is is meant to restore us and to revive us and to refresh us. But what, the thing about food, food's not the most important thing. Like when we sit down to a table with people, people are the most important thing. The truth of it is love is more important than food. Love is more important than fear. Love is the most important. Caroline Leaf, who I love, has a podcast who I, that I adore. And I was listening to, she has a two podcast series about food. And I was like, oh, well, this is super cool. Like, I want to see if what I'm thinking and feeling is what she's thinking and feeling. And she said, 80% of what you eat is what you think. So our digestion is affected by our thoughts. And she makes a really valid point. She's like, if you come to a meal and you're anxious and you're worried, you need to wait. Because what we need to do before we even take a bite is calm ourselves. Like, think about the peace of God. Think about the love of God. Think about how much he cares for you. And allow that peace to settle in before you take a bite. Because you can be the cleanest eater in the world. And that's another thing. Like, I don't feel like labeling food is helpful. Like, I don't think that food is clean or dirty. I don't see food as like bad or good. And Jesus says, it's not what you eat that defiles you. It's what comes from your heart. That's what defiles a man. And I think that we can bring that back to the table and go like, okay, before I even take a bite, like, am I in a state of love? Am I in a state of peace? Am I in a state of gratitude? And that's going to make your meal all the more good for your body and all the more enjoyable for those around you. So, yeah, you could be the cleanest eater. You could be the best exerciser. You could be whatever. But true health comes from your heart and it comes from your emotions and it comes from peace in Jesus. And then it just radiates out. 
I'm curious what advice you would give to someone who is trying to make changes mm-hmm. for their health. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like, like you're saying, like there, it's not yeah. like exercise or eating good is yeah. bad. Yeah. But yeah, maybe the attitude isn't there. Yeah. So, sure. what advice would you give to someone? Who's who's there? Yeah, you know what I mean. Because I feel like so many people mm-hmm. find themselves there, like they're trying to be healthy, sure. or they're trying to look a certain way, or they're trying sure. to eat a certain way, and it's very easy mm-hmm. to lose the heart mm-hmm. part of it. I think. Well, yeah, yes. and even like in my story, that's part of yeah. the the biggest part for me yeah. is that I feel like I think when you talked about like food being either clean or dirty, mm-hmm. like or good or bad, like mm-hmm. I associate like. I made all these good choices Mm -hmm. and then I made one bad one and that completely throws me Mm. off my goal or off whatever. And then I'm just discouraged and disheartened and, and like that can almost spin me out even worse than like, you know, so to me, that's like a huge, like revelation to be like, Oh, can I not think about like all of these things? But to me, and maybe this is just something I've told myself, like there has to be some line because if I just eat Snickers bars all day long, I'm sure um, it's not that's not a good choice sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. you know what I mean yeah. like uh it, it's anyways mm-hmm. that's like a yeah an interesting it's an interesting challenge to my brain you know yeah oh I feel you girl I feel you you know this is where I'm landing with this is that our minds are designed to be renewed every day right so when we come to our day when we come to thinking about our eating like I just really believe God's like Here's okay. Here's what I believe. There's no one diet. Like people will tell you like, you should be ketogenic. You should be paleo. You should be a vegan. No, the truth is God made each of us individually and Holy Spirit has a message to tell us that's different to every single person. So the way that I care for my body as a temple of the Holy Spirit is going to be different from the way Ruby does and from different from the way Candace does. So what I like to frame it is like Holy Spirit how can I honor my body? What does that look like today? And just trying to tune into like, what is the Lord saying about what is going to renew you? What is going to refresh you? What's going to give you energy? I just think so much of that starts in your mind. And research kind of shows that. What you think about is what you move towards. So guard your heart is the wellspring of life. What we think about becomes our life is a proverb. That's like New Living Translation. So when it comes to food, like I am trying to retrain my brain to love, like retrain my brain to be like, I'm grateful for this food. I I love you, God, and I'm thankful that you provided this. And so show me how to make smart choices that honor my body and my mind. You know, studies have also shown like eating in a well-balanced, holistic, well-rounded way, not shaming yourself, allowing yourself treats, allowing yourself to eat more vegetables, taking time to cook for yourself that does more for depression than medicine can and i just think there's something about eating that we we get so caught up in like i'd made seven good choices like you're saying and i made one bad one and so then i'm just my whole day is screwed and it's like no like our life is more than food it's holistic and i think we we need to look at everything we're doing and going like god is me wanting to just like go off in a shame spiral is this about the food or is this about something else that happened today that is manifesting in a way that food is becoming my source instead of you? And I'm guilty of this. What I've had to learn now is like, what does it look like to rest? Like, what does it look like? Because I tend to want to always produce, even, you know, working in food, I'm always cooking, I'm always making, I'm always doing. 
And I feel like the Lord's calling me back to a season of like rest. And even when I'm eating, like not watching TV, like not getting on my blogs, whatever, just like sitting with my food and sitting with him and enjoying his company. So, so much of food should be out of a spirit of love. And I know that that seems like really like a a generic answer, but it's really not when you think about it. No, I love what you said about how is it is this really about the food or is this something deeper? Yeah. And like what's the Holy Spirit actually telling you? And yeah. what's what's God actually wanting to work on? Yeah. Because that's that's huge. Sure. Oh yeah. I mean that sort of reminds me of what John, your husband, asked me, like, when was the mm-hmm. last time you mm-hmm. took this to God? And that was shocking to me because I don't yeah. think that that's something I talk to God about. And that's yeah. that's like a huge portion of my life that I'm like yeah. not going to him about, you know, and yeah. and that's mind changing, you know, like that's yeah. like it's a lot for me to process, but super good stuff to process. And I think y'all like Think about the extravagance of our Father God. He loves us so much that we cannot even fathom it. And He's going, I love you so much that I want to speak life into every area of you so that you are vibrant with health, so that you are walking in love, so that you have a mind full of wisdom, so you have so much energy that you have stores of it. Because I think as believers, like we love God and we love people and he wants us to care for ourselves in a way that we're able to do that to the best that we can. And Candace, he's going to show you that. And I think part of him asking even about things like food, which I feel like is spiritual, that honors God and that blesses him. The word says he gives wisdom abundantly to people that ask it. and He will give you abundant, abundant wisdom. Like, and he's just so honored that you're asking. Like Jesus came to set us free and to operate and to give us a new heart and a new mind that's renewed by love. And I think like Jesus doesn't want to give you rules about your diet. Like he wants to give you freedom. And that means freedom to eat in a way that honors your body. It means freedom to make healthy choices. It means it means freedom from shame spirals. It means like freedom to eat ice cream when it's the time to eat ice cream. You know what I'm saying? It's free all the way around. And the thing about freedom, it just grows. It's like this snowball effect of like, okay, free. Okay, I'm feeling it. I feel like I can take a deep breath. And then it grows and it becomes, then it just becomes you. This is just really interesting to me because obviously these are not truths that I have known because I do not feel freedom in this area Mm -hmm. at all, you know? Well, I take that back. I'm starting to. Going through this whole process has given me a lot more freedom and Mm -hmm. These are things I just never considered before, mm. you know, mm. like I never considered like that verse that you said about like um, seeking wisdom. Like I yeah. never associated that with food, mm. like at all. That mm. like would not have crossed my brain to mm. be like, oh, let me seek wisdom from like the yeah. God who has it all. Yeah. You know, yeah. like this was just an area that was mm. so just sensitive and like yeah. hidden for me that. Yeah. I feel kind of silly, like, man, yeah. I should have noticed this, but no, like, but I just, did. Yeah, I think you know? that so many of us or really all of us at some time in our life, lives are going to have that thing that we mm-hmm. just, for whatever reason, it just doesn't occur to us or it's just, yeah, we're just not going to go there because that's too hard or it's inconvenient or mm-hmm. it's not a big deal. Right. But really we're supposed to bring everything in prayer to mm-hmm. God. The Bible mm-hmm. talks about that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so why do we think? Yeah. We can't ask for his strength and like empowerment yeah. from the Holy Spirit and look to his word and get 
wisdom and encouragement in all of these areas. And like you're saying, once we shift our perspective and look at it as, you know, how can I honor God with my body? Like Mm -hmm. that's biblical. That's God, you know, like that changes a lot, I think. And I think that that changes a lot in the food area, but in so many areas of life. Like once once your perspective shifts and you realize that there's a bigger picture here Mm -hmm. and that there's almost a simpler answer of God wants to help you with this. That thing that you don't want to give to God, like Mm. he can help you with that and it can be something that glorifies him. So I I love what you're saying. It's totally, it's very much a perspective shift. Yeah. But um, because it's important, I think it's an important part of the conversation. Mm. Yeah. Because there's nothing like, basically that's, What all this comes to is like, there's nothing too big, too hidden, Mm -hmm. too, even too small. Because Mm -hmm. I think that's even like, this problem doesn't seem like enough of a problem for me Mm -hmm. to take to God. Mm -hmm. Or something that you're like, well, I did it to myself. So I'm, I just have to deal with it by myself Mm -hmm. too, you know? Mm -hmm. And there's nothing you can take because there's nothing that separates you from him. You know, like there's, there's nothing that will take you away from him that you can't take to God. And that's so, that's encouraging for me right where I am. Mm -hmm. And I really hope it'll be more encouraging to more people because it's truth for everyone. Yeah, girl. And something that I do now is I declare things over myself. So, and that's something, Candace, that I think like not just all of us could do. I do these things called walk and pray. So I'm like walking my dog and he's crazy and peeing on stuff and I'm praying. I'm trying to be <laughs> strong. And God says like, is talking to me about this. And he, he's talking to me about like the power of what we speak, how we have the power of life and death in our tongue, right? And he's like, declare over yourself what I have for you. Like declare, like I am a temple of the Holy Spirit. Like I honor God with my body. Like I am filled to the brim with overflowing joy. I am growing in my health and my body closer to God every day. You know, I'm I'm renewing my mind by the word of God. Like just verbalizing. And I'll sometimes be driving. I mean, even when I was driving here, I was like verbalizing stuff, you know, just and people were, I don't know what they thought, but I didn't care. Because, <laughs> you know, sometimes you just got to, you just got to speak it out. Like my husband's been doing this thing lately and it sounds like we're really spiritual and I promise we're not. But um, he was, just reads the Bible out loud. It's like his new thing. And so I just hear him in there. He's like, and I think that's so cool. And I think that we like, there's some practical things that I do now that's like, okay, I declare these things. Like I declare like scripture that were in regards to my health and my well-being and the fact that I'm a daughter of the king. You know, you think about the word honor, honor your body. Think about what honor actually means. Like honor is a huge deal. Honor is like a reverent word. And God's calling us to like honor our temple of the Holy Spirit. And I think that... um Honor is a huge deal, but it's also really freeing because it gives us freedom to think like what honors God in this area? Like, you know what I mean? And I think that God's a total foodie. Like I'm just, <laughs> I have this vision in my mind of when we get to heaven, it is like the wedding feast of the lamb. Like there is the most amazing, you know, flavor combinations and dynamite meals and the most creative food you've ever seen. And that's something else I do. Like I'll ask Holy Spirit, like what makes, what will make this dish taste good? Like I'll ask him for flavor combinations and like, how can I make this like, like I've mentioned for other people, but for myself, like what would, what's something good that would honor my body and what can I add in here? Like, and I'll have these weird, you know, vegetables come to mind or like fruit or like, I'll think of some other replacement or if like I've had a lot of sugar that day, it'll be like, what if you had spinach instead of like corn or I don't know, like you get to this place with God where it's like this fun. It's like, Ooh, like what can we come up with now? How can we meal prep now? And it's like fun with him. And it's like this conversation. And I think 
God's our creator, so he loves it. He's like, let's go get in that kitchen and create some cool stuff, you know? Well, and if you think about it, so many things, like, that when Jesus was walking on the earth, like, we're surrounding food. Yes. You know, like, even, like, major miracles were, like, those were food-oriented, you know? Like, being at a party and making more wine and being, you know, like... The yeah. fishes and the loaves yep. and like his last yeah, meal, girl. like that's what he wanted to do was like eat with people. Yes. And that's, that's, it's, I think there's a lot of power yeah. in it. I, I mean, he that. created it. He gave us the gift yeah. of food and the flavors he created yeah. our bodies yeah. to work the way that they do. Absolutely. Like, I think that's beautiful. There's so much truth to that. And what you were saying about declaring the truths, I really like yeah. it reminded me of, we're throwing out like lots of scriptures, which is amazing. Right. Um, I'll put them in our show notes by the way, and on Instagram. But uh, Philippians 4, where it mm. talks about just reminding yourself of what is good and lovely yes, and true so and pure. True. And yeah. Like it has this whole list of things that we should be keeping our mind on. And they're yeah. all just these like beautiful, like true things. And that's yeah. what you're talking about. Like he yeah. gives us these truths. Like mm. he gave us his word. Like yeah. we can encourage each other and remind, like yeah. we need to be reminded of those. Yeah. And I think like you're saying, sometimes you just need Maybe for you, you just need to speak it out. Yeah. Like that's, there can be power in that. And speak it that's out. beautiful. Man, yeah. I just want to, it mm. makes me want to remind people of those things more. And mm. just, yeah. And man, even just talking about how he cares about the details and he can be the one to remind you of like, hey, yeah. why don't you add spinach to this? Yeah. I, <laughs> like, I totally, it's true though. Like, I it totally is true. ask him for that kind of thing. Like, yeah. oh God, please just let me help me buy my car keys like yeah. I really don't want to be late or whatever yeah. like, I ask him that but I don't really realize it yeah. like I ask him for those little things but then for some reason I sometimes believe like he doesn't care about the details. yeah but I think he does and yeah. I think that that's just it like when we realize that we can't do it by ourselves like yeah. we are weak we are human absolutely and we all have weaknesses and that's mm. that's the point mm. that's why we need our savior and mm. I think that what you're saying illustrates that perfectly in everyday life And so, like, I think that's just really good food for thought for every person in the area of food for sure. But I think in all of life. I love that. And like, enjoy the journey, peeps. You know what I'm saying? Like, we get this one life. We get this one relationship with Jesus. Whatever eating looks like today, whatever creating looks like today, like, Jesus loves it. Like, he just wants to be near to you. He just wants to hear your heart. He just wants to hear what you got going on. And I feel like any chance he gets to pop into life with you and hang out, he's like, over the moon like to hang with his daughters like he's like yes so the fact that you're creating together is is just really rad and really fun and so like yeah just enjoy it okay so the thing i love about the lord is is if there's ever an area of fear in our life the enemy has tried to take something away and so if fear of food is something that you've struggled with whether it's you're afraid you're going to make a mistake whether it's you're afraid to eat in general, whether it's you're afraid to, um, there's a certain food that you feel like you could never eat. God redeems what fear has taken away. And so a question I've been asking myself is, what is fear of food robbed from me? What is this fear of food, this insecurity, this insecurity about perfection in food, what is this taken from me? Because the Bible says whatever the enemy has robbed has got to be paid back seven times over. And God wants to restore that. So I would just encourage us all to be mindful too of like, this is a joyful journey with the Lord and whatever fear is robbed from me, God, bring it all back in abundance. And he will, and it could be 
the fear is robbed from you community. Like, it's like you don't feel comfortable eating certain foods around people or something, or fear of food could have robbed from you amazing ideas of how to create things for people you love or to take care of yourself. I mean, what food has become for me personally is now like I have my period because I have allowed God to speak to me and I've been obedient to what he's saying. I need to, to, to how to take care of myself. And it's not just food, it's rest, it's scriptures, declarations, it's me, you know, screaming stuff in the car. It's fine. <laughs> but that's something he's restored to me. And that's something that fear robbed from me. And like, I just want all of us to like, take it back. You're not afraid. You're a child of God. You are loved and fear cannot rob anything from you. And so let's take back whatever fear of food is robbed and, and just, you know, Let's make the enemy pay and let's enjoy it now and let's have freedom in it and let's do this thing, you know. I know I'm not the only one that struggles with their weight. And I know I'm not the only one who has a bad relationship with food. But maybe there's another place of shame or a vulnerability or a failure that you don't take to God, that you keep in secret and you try and do on your own. But we need to talk about it. We need to talk to God about it. Honestly, that's the place that we have to take it to. We have to renew our mind with the truth that He says we are, because that's what matters, who He says we are. I know that this is hard. Believe me, I'm walking through it right now. I'm 100% in this with you. If this strikes the chord with you, great, because that means I'm not the only one that feels this way. And I don't have to do this alone. We can encourage each other. Message me on Instagram at non-exclusivepodcast. I'm always on there, and I'd love to do this journey with you. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Romans 12.2. You can find Callie on Instagram at lovecooks, that's L-U-V cooks, and on YouTube as Callie Blunt, that's B-L-O-U-N-T, Callie Blunt. All the scriptures and links to follow Callie are available in the show notes in today's episode. And as always, if you liked what you heard and you're listening on Apple Podcasts, a rating and a review would go a really long way. Seriously, thanks so much for listening.